0: This is Around the Rim with Lachina Robinson.
1: I can't believe we got people in here waiting for Around the rim to
2: start.
1: This is really nice. Welcome, everyone. This is a live recording for Around the Rim. It's a women's basketball podcast. I'm the host, and then... I'm supposed to have a producer around here with a microphone. Where I, is she? I wonder where she could be. Oh, she there she the goes. Producer. Tarika Aye. Foster Brasby. Well, we have some amazing guests for today's show. And so we've got to get started because we're on a little bit of a time crunch. But um, to give you a little bit of a preview, uh, we do have Brianna Stewart, UConn Husky, who's getting ready to come to the stage in a second. Um, Asia Wilson will be joining us, South Carolina Gamecock. And um, I'm going to keep the rest of the people to myself because I can do that. Special guests. But we'll be giving giveaways. Um, we'll, we want your questions, so think about things you want to ask the guests. And uh, we like to keep the energy moving. She really needs no introduction, but she's arguably the greatest player to ever play college women's basketball because, let's be honest, she's got four rings. Please join me in welcoming... Yukon Huskies finest. Brianna Stewart to the stage. Come on, Stewie. Look at how grown up she is. I just ugh oh, I just see her. And see, we go way back, right? Because the first time that i I met Stewie, I was covering the big East, and she was a freshman. And life was not going so well for
3: Stewie at that time.
1: <laughs> she wasn't starting. Do you remember those days, Stewie? Uh
4: yeah. Like very vividly. I yeah, remember them.
1: Yeah. yeah. Gino was not very happy with her on most days. Um, but wow, look at what you've done. Number one overall draft pick in 2016, um, the WNBA. You guys know that as well. But I gotta start with last night, Suey. It's
4: okay. It's okay. We can- we're
1: not, we're not used to this, right? So everyone was picking Connecticut to win. Right. What happened in your opinion? You're familiar with this program. You've seen these players. You know Gino and Chris and, and how everything
4: works. What did you see happening on the floor? Well, I think, you know, obviously we played Notre Dame so many times. And I've lost five times when I was at UConn. And three of them were to Notre Dame. So, like, Notre Dame has our number majority of the time that we play them. Um, and they came out and they hit us first. You know, they got up, like, 13 or whatever it was in the first quarter. And they punched us in the mouth. And... You know, we woke up, but it took us a lot longer. And then, you know, it was a competitive game. It was a dogfight. It was, you know, we were up, then we were down, then they were up, and and just back and forth, and they made more more plays than us at the end. And it was sad to see, you know, the same thing happen two years in a row, but I think for all the people that are like, UConn is ruining women's basketball, um, you know, that'll point it out right there that it's obviously not. We could have a whole
1: podcast on that, right? I mean, can we get some boo for all the people that are saying UConn's bad for women's basketball? Like, come on, give us a break. But, you know, to be honest, and I wanted your opinion on this because you won four national championships. There was a lot of pressure, right? If you play for UConn, let's be honest. If you lose to UConn, everybody's like, oh, you lost to UConn. But if you lose when you're UConn, then it's, oh, y'all lost you know so what is that pressure like and how did you overcome the expectations
4: well I think it's you know you put higher expectations on yourself than anybody else does so then it makes it a little bit easier because you're not worried about all the outside people and everybody worried about oh UConn this and UConn that you're like no I'm here to be great and to win a national championship and you know coach Royama and CD and Riss and Shea they they do their best to, to set you up and put you in the position to do that.
1: And who have you been most impressed with on this year's squad? Just curious. Who is it that you
4: watch him and you're like, yeah, like she bleeds blue? Um, I mean, you got to say Gabby. You got to just say the way that she plays the game. See? Props for Gabby. Um, you know, it's not all about stats. You know, a lot of people look at the points and that type of thing. But, you know, if you see Gabby's stat line last night, she had, I don't even know, a double-double with points, rebounds, and seven assists. And just the fact that she was all over the place. She had a few big blocks last night. um, And she just plays the game the right way.
1: We were all watching, right? Like, last night, I don't know about anybody else in this crowd, but I laid down on the ground. I was screaming. I mean, both games. I had, like, some serious moments. My best friend's in here. Tia, where you at? She's around here somewhere. She will tell you. I rolled around. I acted like a kid. I was just so, like, but it was a great night for women's basketball to show our game and how much it's grown. Um, and you've been a very big part of that. When you think back on your Final Four memories, what stands out to you the most?
4: Um you know, I think what stands out to me the most is, you know, just the experience. Like obviously I won every year. And you know Yes, we're we're very aware of that, Stewie. <laughs> we like, like well documented. <laughs> you know, that's great. That's amazing and everything like that. But like the experiences that I have with like Morgan and Mariah and you know, the coaches and Morgan and Mariah are actually they're here at the Spinal Four. I don't know if you saw them or not. But just to be able to be like, you remember when we did this? Remember when we had open practice and CD got mad at us for this or that type of thing? Like, obviously winning is great, but it's like the other experiences that, that the people don't see that last forever, really. You mean like the ceremony
1: that you guys did after your final championship with the, I don't even know what that sword? was. Yeah, the sword. Uh-huh, we what, had the sword. Yeah, we remember that very vividly. You guys having your own ceremony in the ceremony. Um... <laughs> I'm going to take a couple questions from the crowd in one moment, but I want to ask you this question because this is on top of everyone's mind. I've been to practices, and I call myself blessed to have to watch Gino in action and watch Chris Daly and watch what they do with these players uh, day-to-day. But what's in the Yukon magic? Like, if you had to say there was one or two things that this is why, um, you know, we have been in the league program and, and won, what, 11 national
4: championships. That's just stupid. Um what what is it? Um, you know we have special springs in Connecticut where we get the good water, and uh, just really helps us a lot. Uh, no, but seriously, I think that, you know, obviously Coach Riem and the staff they recruit a, a certain type of person and a certain type of player to come to the program, and they get you to fully invest in that. You know, you're not worried about yourself. You're not, you know, none of. I have nail polish on now. But you're not supposed to have nail polish on. Everybody's supposed to be the same and that type of thing. And you're just there to really work hard. You work hard and you get better. And that's how, you know, you take it to the next level. You know, I, t- I took it to the WNBA, that same type of mindset that, you know, yeah, I've done great things, but I want to do even more. You know, I want to be even better. And um, never having that level of comp- complacency. I love it.
2: Tariqa, where you at? I'm here. Where are you at? I have questions here. in the audience. Who has questions? Raise your hand. All, All right. right, got one right here. Tell us where
1: you're from. I see you've got a Louisville hat on, so yeah, I mean, you Louisville. You're from
2: Louisville, Kentucky.
1: Okay. Yeah. Are you a little sad today? Oh, oh okay. Uh oh. Um, are you are you a little sad for your cards today?
4: I'm very depressed.
1: Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it gets
5: I mean, better.
4: I, I was not happy with the officiating. At the same time, Ooh, we had, we we had our go.
5: opportunity. To,
6: no, no, we,
7: <laughs>
6: we had we had the opportunity to, to win the game in regulation. We didn't take advantage of it.
7: Hey, that uh, happens. Brenda,
4: my question is: Are you currently in the WNBA? Me? Yes. I think I think they know right there. Yes. Yes, she's a oh. member of the
1: Seattle Storm. Woo! Storm fans in the building too. All right, we got another question right here. We might have a giveaway here in a second. We might do some Stewie trivia in a second.
6: One statement in the Hartford Courant today, Jeff Jacobs said, UConn lost in the Stunner, and they say UConn is bad for college basketball. This was the greatest thing for women's college basketball. And just a comment to you, Brianna, my brother yesterday said, what do you think? I know you want UConn to win. I'm from Stanford. But uh, – I said, of course, I think they are because Notre Dame had the two players hurt. He says, the thing I'm worried about is we don't have Brianna who had the killer instinct. We don't have one player on the team that had your killer instinct. So, yeah.
1: Killer instinct it was. I mean, I'll tell you this. The struggles I mentioned Brianna having – were during the regular season, okay. As soon as her the freshman year Big East tournament came, when she knew there was a trophy on the line, oh, you didn't have to worry about her at all. It's the regular season games, you know. She's like, oh, we'll be fine. Um, another question, Tarika, right here in the front. Yes, we have a little a little baller here in the front. What's your name? No. Who you play for?
5: Team Loaded. Team Logan. Is that
1: that's Logan?
5: No, Loaded.
1: That's oh, Loaded, loaded. Virginia. Yeah. Oh, D and V. Okay, so Okay, what's your question? sweetheart?
5: Um, what was the most challenging team you played against in your college career?
4: Um, the most—I mean, the most challenging team that we played against was Notre Dame. You know, especially my freshman year was when we were still in the Big East, so we matched up with them twice in the regular season, once at UConn, once at Notre Dame. We matched up with them at the Big East in the Big East finals. And we lost. So we lost the first game. We lost the second game. We lost the third game. And then we matched up with them again in the final four of my freshman year. And we finally beat them.
1: That's all that matters, right? And, the and, ring.
4: And, and you probably covered most of those games. Yes, I yeah. did. I was at uh-huh. home. Oh, let me tell you. The Big East
1: tournament. I remember. Oh, my goodness. That was one of the best. I was running around. Okay, never mind. Um, I got a, a trivia question. How much time do I have, Tarika? You got a couple minutes. Okay, I got a trivia question. So we'll give you a, an ESPNW prize if you can tell me this. Brianna Stewart bleeds blue. We know that. But there's another college team that she is very passionate about and I want to know if you know who it is. Tarika, you got to pick someone. I got a, we you, got a fan right here. And you'll tell Let them you if know. they're right, Stewie. Syracuse. Bing, 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 right. bing, bing.
2: That's right. It's Syracuse. Okay. I got another question. This is for your necklace. This, this is me getting my steps in right now.
1: Okay. (laughs) She's trying to give my bling away. Okay. She's got all the money, but she wants to give my bling away. Um, so Stewie mentioned that, um, Notre Dame was the toughest team she, she faced when she was in college, but now she has teamed up with someone from Notre Dame on her current Seattle roster. Who knows who Stewie's teammate is that played for the Fighting Irish?
2: Tariqa?
8: Jewel Lloyd.
1: Lloyd. Great job. Yes.
2: All right. What? We got one more question over here on the
1: side of okay. the China. Okay. Oh, we got another question. Stewie said my questions are too easy, so we'll see if she can come up with one.
2: Okay. Um, Brianna. Oh, sorry. My name is Marquita Armstead. I'm from Tampa, Florida. Um, we'll be in Tampa for the Final Four. Yes, you Woo! Will. Cool. Um, Brianna, I read your article in the Players' Tribune. Yep. <clears throat> um, kudos for being strong enough to tell that story. But what made you,
7: I know you talked about it a little bit, but for everybody here, what made you want to share that story, especially with the climate that we have right now, um, the Me Too movement?
2: Um, well, obviously, you know,
4: it's it's been my story, and it's not something that, just like popped in all of a sudden you know it's it's something that I've been living with throughout my entire life and um I wanted to get to a point where I could where I could share with other people just for the sheer fact of being able to help someone else who maybe is in the same position and you know helping them realize that you know you, you can be okay from this you know stuff happens in life and it's not always great but you can still be okay from it you know you You may be not going to be an amazing basketball player, but it doesn't mean that you're going to have a terrible life. And, you know, just helping them realize that there's so many people that you can talk to and you just need to to speak up about it and tell someone. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, You know, I didn't release my story for me. You know, no offense to you guys, but you don't need to know my whole life. but it's it's for the other people you know it 's for the people that need that a little extra push to put the put them in the right direction, show them where to go and um, you know I'm happy I did it. I got a great uh, reaction. I was really nervous honestly because I didn't know how people were going to act because you know usually when you say something, fifty percent of the people like what you say fifty percent of the people don't uh, but honestly, I had a great support on social media and uh, a lot of people have had hit me up. La Chai Chai hit me up. So proud of her um, and you know I'm happy I did it. I'm I'm proud of myself. You know, I know my family's proud of me and um more things to come. That's right. Um
1: Stewie is working on some things where uh If you haven't read that article in the Players' Tribune about um, Me Too and what happened with Stewie's life and how she's just emerged with so much courage, please read that. But um, more than anything, the work that you will be doing and the work that you have done in a social activist space is what makes me most proud of, of Brianna because she's no longer that little freshman trying to find her way of practice at UConn. She's used her voice to address social issues and to be a leader and to give strength to other little girls and so more than anything that makes us proud stewie we are really proud of you thank you yeah
2: la china i think stewie wants some company Uh uh-oh hey girl hey girl
1: have a seat asia Welcome. We are so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. First of all, congratulations on sweeping all the player of the year awards. <laughs> thank Congrats. You, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, what is it like to be back in this final four environment? Obviously you wish you were playing, but after last night's great games, yes. and just seeing all the fans and everything, what has this been like for you?
9: I mean, it's been a lot of fun. It's always fun making it to the final four, whether you're playing or you're just here. So, uh, and we had two great games last night. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. And I think it just goes to show how great college women's basketball is really, it it really is. So just to be here and just take it all in, I'm excited.
1: (laughs) Well, fans are always wondering, and you could chime in on this, Stewie. What happens now? Like, what are you doing now? Like, you know, you have Uh your final game. We know the draft is coming up. Like, what, what, um What is life like for Asia Wilson currently? It's been
9: a lot of fun. It's been busy. Uh I've been everywhere pretty much. I've actually been settling down, trying to pick out my draft outfit. Gotta get that together. Oh wait, well, came <laughs>
1: with some fire now. Right? So you gotta
9: you, I, I, I gotta high I see what's in my bag. <laughs> but um honestly I've just been taking it all in, enjoying the moment. Um just really I can't even put it into words, just reflecting on my four years at South Carolina uh getting to see everybody before I leave before things get started so yeah it's been it's been fun
1: so I have a question for both of you um how hard is it to win a national championship like how hard is it and I'll say starting with the NCAA tournament right so you got to get there first yes but once that first and second round start what's the most challenging part of making it all the way to the end
9: Um. Ooh. I, I think the most challenging part is making sure everyone's focused and locked in. Uh, you really can't slip during that time because it's, uh, it's kind of win or go home, survive in advance. And I think going off of last year, we had a really somewhat young team, so it was kind of tough for us to kind of maintain focus, and we were getting everyone's best game. So you really have to you, – you can't really get lazy or your, your guard can never go down. So I think that's the toughest because you really have to be locked in for a long, long time.
4: Um, You know, I I think I agree with Asia. I think that, you know, one thing that comes with the NCAA tournament, obviously, it's a lot of hype, everybody's excited and that type of thing. But, you know, you can easily get distracted. And especially when you're an underclassman or, you know, have underclassmen on your team, you know, they're looking at, oh, we play this day and this day. And we're like, no, we play Friday. We need to play Friday, and yeah. then we play Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, that just goes with the maturity and growing up and that type of thing. And um, things like Tourneytown is another distraction. Yeah, Tourneytown. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoop.
1: Y'all been having fun at Turnytown. <laughs> right? Y'all better clap your hands for Tourneytown uh, right now. Uh-oh.
4: She got mad. <laughs> she got mad. <laughs> no. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but just just being able to kind of keep your focus um realize what you're trying to do and you know I'm sure both of our coaches did that you know made sure that we were only focused on one game at a time and definitely keep it moving yeah speaking of your coaches
1: (laughs) because you both have some very interesting coaches very successful coaches but very fiery and passionate Philadelphia type coaches um what would you say is the one quality of of your coaches of Gino and also Dawn that was most effective in their ability to get the best out of each of you in
9: your careers? Um, I would have to say Coach Daly's honesty. Uh, she's not the person that's going to sugarcoat anything for you. She didn't sugarcoat anything for me when she was recruiting me, so I kind of knew what kind of what to expect going in. I kind of knew she wasn't going to be any fluff around it so i think her honesty is something that really sticks out and she's gonna be honest with you like if she sucks me out she'll sit me down and say you suck like you played awful that's why you're sitting down it's not sitting down because you're in foul trouble you're sitting down because you're you suck and so i'm sitting there like okay that's cool <laughs> like i suck i suck I suck. okay cool but now it kind of gets me fired up because i'm like okay i'm gonna go out there and show her I, I don't suck so i think her honesty is something that's big for me <laughs> of it Stu.
4: Um, you know, just the fact that they're so invested, you know, they're, they're invested in everything they do, you know, when coach Daly was playing, obviously and now she's coaching, you know, she has the same type of passion for the game and, and the same with coach Oyama. you know, he wants to win obviously, but he's invested in us as players, you know, he wants to make sure that when we leave our program, that he's got us on the right track. And if, if we don't leave better than we came in, then he feels like it's a disappointment for him.
1: Um, I forgot to ask you, did you
4: meet Kobe last night? Was that
1: your first time? Hey, you Kobe! Kobe. And did y'all see Stewie posted up with, uh, Tuck
4: and, and Bo oh, yeah. Jeff mm-hmm. and, uh, Stephanie? Mm-hmm. What was Kobe like? Ah, oh, he was cool. I'm pretty sure that was the first time I met him. You don't, uh, wait, 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 wait! You don't remember if that's the first time I don't you met think him? I met him. You remember? You remember? You were reporting. Yes, the at first the game, game in, in LA. LA. He was there, but I never. But met you didn't him. meet him. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I got my picture. Oh yeah, I made sure I got my picture too. Was he? Was he that. But he was yeah, right. nice. He oh was, yeah, he was nice. He had his Yukon blues on and his hat and everything. Did I
1: really think that Kobe wearing that Yukon beanie is what set Notre Dame off? They were like, oh, right, okay, Kobe. You wanna come in here representing you yeah,
4: I told him he needed to come two years earlier to watch us.
1: <laughs> then he would have left okay. He would have been able to wear that hat the entire time. Um let's take a question. Let's take one for Asia in the crowd. Let's let's we want to give away a few things. Questions. Questions
2: for Asia.
1: Come on, don't be shy. Don't be questions. shy questions. We have a giveaway
2: for you. Question for Asia. They'll get the necklace. You're not getting my necklace. I have a question uh, for Asia. Are you wearing those pearls on draft day? Oh, she's got them on now. I didn't know she had them on underneath I don't, there. I don't know if
9: I'm necessarily going to have on a necklace, but I will be having pearls on me, bracelets, somewhat, somewhat. But <laughs> well, we like the pearls. Thank you so much. What is what is
1: something that each of you like has to have in terms of wardrobe, other than pearls? Like, is there something that is like your signature thing? Your, your Nikes. Oh, That's it. Mm. You, how many pairs of shoes you got? A lot. <laughs> Send some to my house. How about you? Um,
9: uh, I don't know. It's just really my pearls. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, All
4: cool. these
1: I like the All pearls. Yeah,
9: my bracelets.
1: A.K.A.
4: Here <laughs> Kiwi, um,
9: Soror.
1: Oh, we have a question, but then I want to ask you guys something about Sunday. You go ahead.
4: Hi, Asia. Uh, Hi. South Carolina fan. Love you.
1: Yay. What's your name, South Carolina fan? Uh Pam. Pam. Welcome, Pam. Uh,
4: love watching you. Love your career. Love the fact that you chose to stay in South Carolina and play. You've talked about that many times, what a decision that was for you. But just wanted to thank you for that. Because as a fan of the game, we... We all love the fact that it's such a great competition and so many great different teams, but you just
9: staying in the statement so much to South Carolina. Thank you. Thank you so much.
4: Not so much
1: a question. Just wanted to say that. You, you. guys represented well. Well, I've got a question. So we're down to two teams. I apologize, but neither one of them are South Carolina or UConn. What did you say, Stewie? Don't whisper up here on the stage, hey, okay? Hey, the question? So... If you're not ready to actually pick a winner, which I'm going to ask eventually, um, what do you think will be a key in the the team that wins on Sunday? Like, what is it? Is there a player, a matchup, a situation, something that needs to be addressed, some shots that need to be hit, somebody's got to step up? What's the X factor? And you can pick either Mississippi State
4: or Notre Dame. Um... You know, for me, I think the X factor is, you know, after watching Notre Dame last night, they have such strong guard play. And um, Mabry, she didn't even really play that well last night. So, you know, you know she's going to come out Sunday and, and really try to go off and that type of thing. And um, how well Mississippi State, def- State defends them, and then vice versa, you know. Mississippi State has uh, Victoria Vivians and Morgan Williams, um, but they also have... You know, big girl, down low. Big T. Right. What, she had 25 rebounds? Yeah, that was insane. Mm -hmm. What the? I think it's all about defense. Whoever plays a better defensive game is going to win the game. And that was,
1: you know, one of the things that comes to mind, that's a good point for me, is I thought that Mississippi State's defense on Louisville down the stretch was outstanding. I mean, they didn't let Asia Dirt touch the basketball. So, if you're short-handed in the backcourt, like Notre Dame is, now they have... Seven scholarship players, but when they go to the bench, to those other two, they're posts. So they actually don't have any guard subs, um, you know, that are on scholarship. So if you're getting worn out every time down the floor trying to catch the basketball, that's going to be a challenge. Now, you've played against that Mississippi State uh, defense and – But tell me what you think, Aja, with with the X-Factor. She said, I beat him. Yeah, she she did. She was like. (laughs) I just wanted to say that. (laughs) She pretty much, she did give me that look like, what defense? (laughs) On me? Oh.
9: (laughs) I mean, when it comes to Mississippi State, it really is their defense. They're going to deny the guards. So it's going to be tough, like you said. They're going to try to get into their bench. But like Stewie said, I mean, it's really going to come down to defense, especially during big time. Big time games like this on a big stage It's really defense.
1: So interesting because coming into the tournament, I kept saying to myself, God, we got some really good offensive teams. I mean, you look at what they're averaging points-wise. Think about Oregon. They lost, but – Wow, they could put some points on the board, and Ohio State could put points on the board, and you know, but maybe that's why those teams are gone. Yes, Tarika.
2: <laughs> so we have a question to Brianna for Asia. Brianna, Brianna. Yeah, cause I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, look, I'm not. not right I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why I'm not even mad you checked me. Cause my name is Tarika. You know how many people call me <laughs> Tarika, Teriyaki. <laughs>
1: But, so I understand but she knows how I am about that like I will correct somebody to minute like Brianna I've always been a stickler about that sorry right, go ahead to you I still love we're you actually, though we're
2: actually going to reverse it it's a question for Brianna to Asia okay kind of um what advice would you give Asia now that she's coming out and she's going to head into the NBA what advice w- would you NBA. oh w- you're going to the
9: NBA no I didn't no
2: I didn't right. no I didn't <laughs> Excuse no, us. I'm, me get I'm very tired from staying up from those games last night.
1: Girl, me too. Oh. I, I should—I didn't even know if I was going to make it out to bed this morning. But no. thank you for showing oh. up. Thank, thank you.
4: So what advice would you give her to get ready for that next level? Um, well, advice I would give Asia is obviously, you know, after your season finishes in South Carolina, things go really fast. You know, you got this, you got draft night, you got training camp, you got USA camp, yeah. you got all these type of things coming up. And it's gonna be a blur, obviously. Uh but just try and enjoy it as much you can as much as you can and once once the WNBA training camp starts, things kinda settle down a little bit and you know, you're almost as if you're like starting over. You know. <laughs> you know, you Don't go from you go from being a freshman to a senior in college it's and then you gotta rookie. start over again. And be like an, a rookie. And you'll figure it out real quick. You're going to be fine. Just come in, do your work, do your thing, and um, win some games.
7: <laughs> right. AJ, was
1: like, like, AJ actually too. cried. There was a tear just I came know. out her eye. What you say, Sue? Got to start saying? over. She like dipped her head like
2: this. Like, <laughs> All right, wow. we have one more question before we have something we have to do.
1: Okay, I'm
2: ready.
6: Hi, I'm Justin Murphy from Connecticut. And I'm just curious if either of you have thought, so either or both of you could answer, what you might do after basketball. You both have plenty of basketball left, but have you thought about what you might do once your basketball
9: days are over?
4: What comes after basketball? Oh, you're ready. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm taking your job.
2: Okay. <laughs> Was that a threat? Did she just threaten me? And it.
4: Wow. That's my answer, though. Congratulations, you- by the way. Yes, to Dawn yes. Staley, help me out, help me out, help me out with the award. Broadcasting award, right? Yes. Twenty eighteen Broadcasting <laughs> award.
1: Thank you. Give all honor to God. Yes. What are you doing next? Um,
9: I don't know. Uh, probably the same thing. Just kind of stay within the game. Uh, get into the community stuff like that. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm all sorry. Right. Say that again. Just get into the community <laughs> and just stand within the game, whether that's broadcasting or something like that. Okay. So fun. basically,
1: you all you thinking about is basketball right now. You'll get right yeah. the rest of
9: that
4: out later. Yeah. Right. She we
1: gave got, us the, you know, something. Yeah. <laughs> we got a long time. <laughs> we got
4: like 10, 12. Or if you're Sue or Diana right, or Tina years.
1: Thompson, you might <laughs> have sorry. like 30 more years of playing, you know. <laughs> don't so, tell them I said
2: that. China, I have good news and I have bad news. Yes. So, bad news should always come first. So, the bad news is we do have to say goodbye to Stewie.
5: Boo!
2: But when you hear my good news... Crowd, are you ready for the good news? No. I'm, Look, I'm nervous. Well, you should be nervous because the good news is Asia Wilson is the Naismith player of hey. the...
5: Give a music.
4: Okay, music. Hey, hey, hey. A boo. hey. No, that, is that a clean sweep? That's awesome. Is that a clean sweep? That includes you? No, did she sweep everything?
1: Yeah. Sweep well, there's still the wooden, I think oh, that yeah, has to be announced, <laughs> but I mean you're three for four. oh Stewie said, Oh, it's in the bag.
2: Um how much time do I have, tarika Where'd you go? I I wasn't joking. We do have to say goodbye to to both of them or just Stewie? What time is it? Uh, It's after 1 o'clock. Oh, Asia's got to go
1: too, don't you, at 1?
9: I guess. Do I have to leave?
1: Yeah, I think she's flying. Oh, Diana said she's got some time. A round of applause for Brianna Stewart! I'm just thinking and reflecting on what this has been like because everyone, you know, there's so much conversation, right? Like, who's the best player in the country? And you don't know until your name is announced did did this matter to you that you would win these awards? Like, ha, would you have been hurt? Like, being all in all honesty, like, did you feel like, yeah, I'm the national player of the year, and if I don't get it, somebody cheated? Like, what's that feeling?
9: Um, I mean, honestly, I don't think I played my best year. Uh, I think last year was probably my best year, so I didn't really feel it. I was kind of surprised at the fact that I even got SEC player of the year. Uh, because, I mean, it was so such great competition in the SEC this year, and there was just a lot of things going on. So, honestly, just to get these awards, it's, it's been a blessing and an honor. This is definitely a great way to close out a great four years that I had at the University of South Carolina.
1: So, basically, you're telling us that you can be good and still be the player of the year. You don't have to be great. Is that what you're saying?
9: No, not saying that's, that's, that. That's a
1: little bit of what you said. <laughs> uh, and hanging around players from other teams, because i see you guys, you know, you play USA basketball, you're around. Who? Who is, like – the cool kid in the group, or who is it that motivates you, or who's a player from another team that, um, you look up to? um
9: Just kidding on the last one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I honestly don't so know. Oh, USA
1: basketball
9: experiences? I mean, Stewie. Stewie is a great, she's one of my role models. See, she's someone that, uh, that's just great at basketball. She's a great person. So that is someone that I look up to. I
1: heard that you did really well in your USA basketball experience. Oh, thank
9: you. I thought I did not, but thank you so much. You're so
1: hard on yourself. I
9: know, but with Coach Daly, you ain't got a choice.
1: (laughs) Well, that's right, because she tells you she sucks, but what? (laughs) <laughs> what did you
9: learn in that experience that may help you as
1: you transition to the WNBA?
9: Um, Just the pace of the game, the pace and the physicality of it all is different from, uh from the collegiate level. So honestly that, and and also just playing with the vets and leaders. Uh, I guess I was kind of used to always being the person that had to talk in the huddles, always had to be the person that looked up to, but in that situation I was the rookie. So that's when I kind of fell on my vets. So it was always good to just to have great players like Sue Bird and all them around uh. Just around you, talking, talking the game with you.
1: I know that you're in position. There are a lot of people that have an opinion on your game, yes. on your team, on the decisions you make. We see this all the time with <laughs> athletes, whether it's LeBron or Diane Taurasi, Stewie. you. How do you deal with that aspect of uh, being a star?
9: Yeah. Um, I really don't pay it any mind. Uh, honestly, I see. I, I mean, you see the tweets, you see everything. People are gonna talk. But at the end of the day, I know that the, my circle and the people around me and my supporters are going to always outweigh the, the haters and the doubters. So I really don't pay it any mind. Yeah,
1: you've dealt very well with that piece. And we I know we have a, a lot of young people out here in the audience and there's social bullying and a lot that happened, yeah. you know, that yeah. they don't know how to deal with it. So it's always good to have someone like you that's a role model. And speaking of children and kind of. The community aspect, what's mm-hmm. important to you? What, what will be kind of your cause as you look to move on to the WNBA, something that you hope to take a stance on um from a social standpoint, community, whatever
9: it may be. Yeah, definitely. Um, just getting to the professional level, I would just love to use that platform to really get my voice out there and really help anybody that I come in contact with, uh, whether that's children or just players, people that don't play the game, anyone. Just really using that platform that I have as a professional athlete to just broadcast who I am and what I stand for.
1: And I know that you wrote an article um, and was very open about your battle with dyslexia, yeah. which took tremendous courage, (laughs) like, right? Thank you for sharing that (laughs) story. Thank you. Um, What were, what was your hopes in sharing that of what would happen from there, what it would do for other people or or maybe even what it would do for you?
9: Yeah. um, I think I just kind of wrote that just to show people that they're not alone. And also to show people that I, I am human. I, I go through a lot of things, uh, that people probably don't even think of, because they're like, oh, she can just put the basketball in the hoop. That's all she can do. But, uh, no, it's more to it. It really is. Uh, it's, it shows the human side of Asia. And I really wanted people to see that, that I, I, I struggle. It may not look like I do. I always try to keep a smile on my face, but I just wanted to show young people, and just people in general, just touch them, just know that, you know, you're not in this alone. If you're battling with something, trust me, we all are, we all are. So just, take it all bite the bullet and and you can push through it (laughs) i love it love it
1: um questions for asia yes we've got some hands up hi i'm ruth i'm a yukon fan
9: (laughs) it's all good
1: however admire your game (laughs) i'm just wondering what you will miss most about playing for coach staley
9: (laughs) um (laughs) that means she's getting ready to make up something she's giving her she's buying some time let me think of something. Um, no, honestly, I think I, I'm going to miss our relationship. Uh, we, I think we probably have the best coach-player-duo relationship, and she is my mom away from my mom. She's my second mom. She lets me know, like I said, she's honest with me with everything. She'll look at me and say, what do you have on? She's like, she's my mom. So I would honestly just miss that about her, and just like I said, her honesty. She's just always around. I can talk to her about anything. And that's something I'm definitely going to miss, let alone just playing underneath there.
1: (laughs) Another question. Yes, thank you for that.
5: Hi there. My name is Sarah. And I have a question about your ritual before a game. Mm -hmm. Do you have a specific ritual? Um... Let
9: me think, let me think, let me think.
1: You oh, guys getting wild because I've seen you dance. I mean, this is the most relaxed Asian Wilson version I've ever seen because if you've seen videos of Asian action, she's active. She's got a lot of energy.
9: Very true. <laughs> um, with me, I have to get a nap in. I have to sleep. I don't know. I We played at 1130 in the morning. I still got a nap in. I always have to do that. Um, I pray a lot. I pray like no other. If it's a big game, I probably cry. <laughs> um, I Cry emotional. before the
1: game. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's a new yeah. one on me.
9: So, um, yeah, I, I don't really have something that, like, not necessarily music that I always listen to, not anything like that. But um, I always, you know, warm up with my earrings in, always warm up with my AKA bracelet on. Uh I try to slide my pearls in, but I can't really, the coach normally sees it. But, um, yeah, I don't really have a song that I really listen to. I just know I really have to sleep before I kind of get things going.
1: That sorority thing really is always
2: intriguing. Hey, 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 watch your mouth, Lachina.
1: I know, Tariqa's in a sorority. Anybody else in fr- sorority fraternity okay, in the okay, room? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. all right. And that's something, you know, a lot of athletes sometimes shy away from that because it's a commitment, right? What it was is. what was that like? Because it's a big part of who you are. I mean, yeah. like you said, you wear your bracelet. You're very proud. You're an AKA, for those that don't know. They do something with their pinkies. I don't know what this whole, yeah, yes. there it is. <laughs> um, but... How was that experience for you?
9: um it was a great experience for me uh i That was another way of me kind of branching out in on, on campus uh being a student athlete that was something and people that I'm always around so joining my sorority really helped me get out not only in the community but on campus as well and I got to meet you know normal normal girls they're they're my sisters now, so definitely it was a great experience. I was kind of nervous at first because coach really wasn't going for it. But she kind of was open to it, and that's another thing I like about Coach Daly. She lets us live. She lets us do our own thing, no matter what. So, joining AKA was definitely a highlight of my of my senior year. Okay, I got a tough question for you now. Oh gosh,
1: do you want to go number one in the WNBA draft? Oh,
9: um. It's a dream of mine. I I mean, who wouldn't want to go number one in the draft? I just
1: wanted it on record. I just wanted to make sure it was on file, you know. So does that really mean something to you to go first?
9: Oh, Oh, yes. Yes, yes. It would mean a lot to me. But at the same time, I'm just blessed to be even invited to the draft, to even have that opportunity to live that dream. So, Hey, I'll take anything, but the number one spot is something that I definitely enjoy.
1: <laughs> and you, you watch a lot of WNBA. I mean, yes. I've seen you at games. We've run into each other. I know you're a big Elena Deladon fan. Yes. Who are you looking forward to playing with? Because we don't know, you
9: know, yeah.
1: throughout overtime or against?
9: Ooh, against. I know this isn't a matchup, but I'm super excited to play against Alicia Gray. That is my best friend. <laughs> oh, my old I would love to play against her.
2: Team Lefty. La <laughs> China, we have a question in the back. Oh, you
1: just gonna cut off our team lefty conversation we were getting ready to have, Tarika?
2: That's exactly why I cut it off the team <laughs> lefty conversation. Okay, we'll
1: take a question. Hi
2: there. Uh first is a comment. I just wanna say thank you for the integrity and the dignity you bring to the game. That you've done all four years. And Thank this you. is coming from a Husky fan <laughs> who so enjoyed watching you live. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are better
4: live than you are on TV.
9: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
4: <laughs> just want to say that first. Thank you. Second, how do you keep your humility when people are telling you
1: you're wonderful, which you are, Yeah. but you know there's always room to improve. So
2: who helps you keep yourself as grounded and humble as you are?
9: Um... I would have to say my parents. Uh, no matter what, they're going to always humble me. Like, no matter what. <laughs> Shout out to Roscoe yeah. and Eva
1: over here. Look, okay, yes, <laughs> pat Wade, wave. You better.
9: <laughs> yeah, those two, they really, really keep me together. Uh, if I'm going through anything, you know, they always kind of tell me, you know, turn the page. Uh, this is not your ending. This is just your beginning. So they definitely help me stick together, and I owe it all to them without them and the sacrifices that they've made for me. I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So definitely shout out to those two.
1: And with that, unless we have any more questions, we're going to say goodbye to Asia. Uh, You've been fantastic. and Asia. We're going to echo so the sentiments of the people in the crowd. Amazing player. Thank you. But it's your humility. It's how you carry yourself. It's thank just you the so example right. that you are to the young w- women that watch you play. That's what makes us mo- most proud. And thank you for growing the game. Thank you brought you so more like. fans to the game of basketball. Thank and um, your impact was felt not just in South Carolina, but... Around the world, Thank girl, so worldwide. <laughs> Asia Wilson. Thank guys.
9: Thank you. Thank you.
1: We have a bracketologist, a women's basketball bracketologist that picks and selects the teams that he thinks are going to be in the field of 64. He actually puts them in the bracket with their seeds, works really hard to kind of give us some insight into that entire process. Who knows the name? Of the ESPN, don't yell it out, you got to raise your hand,
2: of our ESPNW bracketologists, Raise your hand. First person I saw was right here.
8: Charlie Cream.
2: Charlie,
8: Charlie
1: Cream! Come on for the stage, Charlie. Our next guest played on Notre Dame's 2001 National Championship team. Now... There was a player, our guests started on that team, but there was a player on that team that wore a big, white headband all the time. Bam, right here was her signature headband with her her brown ponytail. Ruth Riley? Ruth Riley! No, Ruth is not here, but... (laughs) I wanted you, I wanted to see if you knew the answer to that. You are correct, but we have another member of that starting group who was a national champion for Muffin McGraw, Kelly Dayo. Welcome, Kelly.
2: Uh, no. it's a I love that pop.
1: That's beautiful. Thank you for coming. Oh, I can't wait. I have lots of Notre Dame questions, right? Because y'all had a really good night. Y'all had a really good night. Round of applause. I mean I heard
3: at Notre Dame fans right now.
1: Woo! Yeah. I'm just like This story, this is arguably one of the best stories we've seen in college women's basketball in a very long time. Notre Dame got down to how many scholarship players? Seven. That's right. We should have made that a trivia question even though I already told you. Seven scholarship players, and Marina Mabry's at the point guard, which she's not used to playing. That's not her natural position. Muffet spent months and months teaching her how to be an attacker, a scorer, and telling her she's got a scoring mentality, and then all of a sudden was like, all right, now we need you to pass it, right? Um, Jessica Shepard got hurt in the middle of the game last night. Did you guys see Jess Shepard? Incredible performance by her. You know Muffin McGraw. How have the Irish made it to the championship game this year?
3: You know, first of all, Muffet's done this before, which is really unbelievable. Her first time in the Final Four, she had seven scholarship players. They had all kinds of injuries. Um, They had a couple All-Americans on that team, just as they do on this team. So that does help a lot. But I think what I love about Coach McGraw is – She, she doesn't think about what she doesn't have, and she's made those comments a lot. She just says, this is life, this is what I'm, uh, these are the cards I've been dealt, and here's what I'm gonna do with them. And so therefore, she switches Marina Mabry to that point guard. Position she figures out what defense is going to work for this group of kids, which ended up being that two-three zone. It's the same zone that we actually won a national championship with, with Ruth Riley in the middle. So you've got Jessica Shepard in the middle, um, but I, I just think she's you know she knows the game so well. I think she instills a confidence in her players. You watch this team play, and I mean you know we talked about I think you guys talked about swag, you know, and I, there is some swag on this team, right? I mean they do not back down they are serious and they are the exact replica of coach mcgraw if you know her not very emotional but she is all business and she just knows how to get it done yeah
1: she is all business and charlie you know just as well as we do that you know the odds were against notre dame and getting back to this point the odds were against notre dame and even getting getting out of spokane right
0: exactly how many notre dame fans here All right, don't hate me because I don't think I've picked them to win a single game since the regional semifinals. Right, Uh, and maybe I need to keep picking against them because you just you get to a certain point and you think, well, now the odds just are too long because the team they're playing is better—not better necessarily than them, but just they're they're better than the previous teams that the Irish had played. And as you rise in the level of competition, you think they can't keep doing this with seven players. All it takes is one or two to get into foul trouble or somebody to twist an ankle or to wake up with a a headache or a flu bug, and it's over. And yet it it hasn't happened. It keeps going. And last night they gave us a magical performance, a a magical night. And, And for them to win that game against that team under those circumstances, they beat the best. They really did.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about everyone else who was watching that game, but, you know, Notre Dame started off, well, it was 24-11, to 11, like, really yeah. early. So they started off hot, and you kept saying, okay, when is UConn going to step up? And, of course, they did. You know, they came back. And then all of a sudden, the chess match started between Muffet and Gino, which we've seen so often of, you know, they make a change to their defense. Well, we're going to move a player here, or we're going to bring Christina Nelson off of the bench and have her move around and do something different defensively. Muffet, from a coaching standpoint, Kelly, um, you mentioned how she instills confidence into her players, but what is she like tactically? Um, and, and, wh- and who do you think has influenced kind of who she is as a coach or what has influenced who
3: she is as a coach? Well, I think there was actually a picture today. I don't know if it was in ESPN. um you know online or something but it's a picture of Jim Foster and Gino And by the way Gino Orema is wearing a Notre Dame sweatshirt you guys should check that out he that did fun. He today is. he is and neck no no in this picture long long oh, time ago oh i remember that he, picture okay muffet okay. and gino were both coaching um, under Jim Foster, and, you know, obviously a long-time great coach, but it was, you know, people like him. I think that, you know, she she was taught very well, and she's such a student of the game. You know, she was a great player. She actually played, um, people probably don't know this, she, she, she played professionally for the California Dream, I think it was called back then. Um, actually wore her jersey for, like, one Halloween at Notre Dame, which was uh, very interesting. Um, but she is, um, you know... I think she's always wanting to get better, um, and and so she's not afraid. You know, she also, by the way, has one of the best assistant coaching staffs in the country. You know, she has Neil Ivey, who won a national championship as a point guard with our team, and then has been just a tremendous. Um, you know, she, her knowledge of the game is out you know out the roof as well. And then Carol Owens, who's been there for a long time, Beth Cunningham. Who was the player in 1997, and who was the one that led them to that Final Four? So all players that, few players that she coached, but some that she's been around for a long time, and she loves that. She loves that um, camaraderie that that brings, and this, you know, they know her, and they can, you know, she's okay for them to to oppose her and to challenge her on some things. But at the end, you know, it's going to be Coach McGraw's way. But um, but I, I love that about her is that she's always wanting to learn and grow. And I think that is exactly what we've seen in this season.
1: Yeah, there was one story that, um, you know, I used to ask Muffet, how do you find players that fit into your system? Uh, Because she runs the Princeton offense, and you have to have a high basketball IQ. Some teams rely on their IQ. Some teams are more athletic. Like, everyone has their own identity. And I'd say they're not athletic because Arike and Jackie Young, oh, my goodness. But I asked Muffet, How do you filter through recruits? And one thing that she told me that she does that I had never heard anyone say they did, she would send tape to a recruit of a game and then ask them to tell her what they saw happening in that game. So she wanted to see if they – and this is them in high school – if they could read defenses. She wanted to know if they recognized that, you know, a team's offensive system. Um, If she could make – suggestions on what should have happened down the stretch in a close game. Now, this is a high school player, and that's one way that she gets a feel for how a player sees the game because in the Princeton system, all five players have to be playmakers. you got to be able to pass it, shoot it. Uh, It is is not an easy system to pick up, and so I thought that was a very interesting way to sift through. So, Charlie, now we look at the matchup. We've got Mississippi State, which – A lot of people expected to be here, but I thought they did it in – I mean, that shot by Johnson was incredible. Um, So they did it in dramatic fashion, but they're there, which we know that they have a flair for dramatics. But then you have Notre Dame. What are you looking for in the matchup between these two?
0: Well, I think in the case of Notre Dame, they're not going to beat the best teams in the country with defense. They're going to do it with their offense. You just got done talking about the Princeton offense and how well it works and how well Muffet has fit the pieces on her roster to fit that system or recruited to that system. That's how they're going to win the game tomorrow night, by scoring the way they know how to score. If Mississippi State somehow disrupts that, then I think the Bulldogs have the advantage. Uh, Mississippi State maybe has another couple of ways to win than Notre Dame does. Mississippi State also has a rock-solid, st- rock sturdy 6-7 in the middle in Tierra McCowan that makes a big difference. You know, Gino used to say, when asked, why are your teams so good? And you know, everybody knows the, well, I have Diana Taurasi and you don't. Well, I th- it, that sort of holds true the way McCowan's been playing. She was the difference in last night's game. In a lot of ways, Louisville was the better team. But Johnson hit that shot, and McCowan grabbed just about everything that her teammates missed. 25 rebounds, 13 on the offensive end of the floor. That's that's You can't find that. You can't recreate that. She's six-seven. she's strong, she's smart. She doesn't get in foul trouble either, generally. So I, I, I think that's going to be, the, those are going to be the two things. How does the Notre Dame offense function against a very good defensive team in Mississippi State, and how do they control McCown or offset McCown? They're not going to be able to stop her. She's going to get rebounds. She's going to get putbacks, and that's going to be a big part of the Mississippi State offense. But how does Notre Dame limit that? Notre Dame did a good job of playing the percentages and limiting the best things that UConn does last night. They have to be able to do the same thing because it's not going to be a complete stoppage. It's just not going to be a shutdown, but they they limit. They play the odds. They play the percentages. Muffet does that as well as anybody, and that's how Notre Dame will win.
1: I forgot to mention that Kelly Deo is also an amazing analyst. She works in television as well. Kelly, how do you size up the matchup?
3: We were talking about this beforehand, before we came on, and um, I think Tierra McCowan is the X Factor for sure. I think she is... She's gonna get those rebounds and it's difficult to rebound in a 2-3 zone and that's what Notre Dame plays. Um, and those backside rebounds in particular are going to be big and that could be a guard on Tierra McCowan on that backside. So, you know, fundamentally you gotta do your homework up front and get in uh, that inside position to get those rebounds but, um what I love about Notre Dame, honestly, I think they're one of the best teams in the country um, at sharing the basketball. And I think on the interior, in particular, they can pass the ball on the move. They're so fast, and they're always looking for that that person, you know, the best shot. They give up the better, the good shot for the better shot. And even there was a there was a. Quote, I, I believe it was Mabry who said at the end of the game, you know, she had the ball in her hands with a few seconds left to go and she's, you know, she was like, now I could take, I think it was Gabby, she said, I could take, well, she said, Gabby's actually quicker than me, so maybe I can take her. But Enrique is hot right now and I'm gonna get the ball to Enrique and she finished it off. So I think Notre Dame has to play, they've gotta, I mean, nobody can play perfect, but they all those players, those seven players that are going to enter that game have got to play at a high level. I think the guards in particular are going to have to defend to make it very difficult to get that ball inside uh, the paint keep it away from McCowan. Um, and then, you know, Mississippi State, that defense. I mean, how many times have we said it? You know, defense wins championships, right? And here we are, championship game. But I think it's going to be an even matchup. Of course, my allegiances lie with the Irish. <laughs>
0: One of the things that was interesting, just uh, listening to the coaches talk not too long ago over at the arena, now Mississippi State and Notre Dame have never played each other, but a lot of you might remember in 2011, Texas A&M and Notre Dame played each other in the national championship game. Who was the assistant for Texas A&M? Vic Schaefer. And Vic Schaefer's job at Texas A&M then was to coach the defense. The head coach, Gary Blair, just basically turned the defense entirely over to Vic So he was asked, and Muffet was also asked, what they, what they, even though the personnel is very different, but they're they're similar coaches still to the where they were in 2011. What they can pull from from that memory and and that time, and what Muffet knows that Vic might try to do, and what Vic is going to try to do to slow down Notre Dame. He did a pretty good job of it in 2011. Texas A&M won the national championship.
4: That is.
1: I think back on that game all the time. I believe that was in Indiana. It was. In Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was, that game was incredible. Uh, Danielle Adams, you know, remember Tyra White, and then Sydney Colson and Cindy Carter are still to this day two of my favorite players to play. I mean, just the way they defended and, you know, how they kept the game moving fast, and, uh, that was an outstanding team, but they didn't have 6-7. That, I, we keep coming back to, we keep coming back to that 6-7, which I think is going to be a big challenge. So Kelly mentioned the game winner by Enrique. Raise your hand if you think Arike's shot was bigger than Morgan Williams' shot. Raise your hand. If you think Enrique's game winner, raise your hand high. If you think Enrique's game winner was, okay, raise your hand if you think Morgan Williams, her shot, I see all these mississippi state fans in here you know what I, I i knew what i was asking tarika what kind of questions we have from the
2: audience that's a good question questions from the audience don't be shy come on step up. we got one right here in the front mark mark well, i
6: recognize
1: you Look, women's basketball, we're a very intimate community.
6: That leads in. One of the great things about the sport is that the luminaries and experts and coaches and players are so accessible and kind. I mean, Charlie took the time to talk WNBA draft with us last night. We're watching the game with, with Nancy Lieberman and Coach Vandermeer. I mean, it's unbelievable. But my comment and question is that, to me Marina Mavery is kind of the is kind of the face of this team. Love China, you've commented how physically tough she is mentally. Jersey
1: tough. Oh. Jersey tough. Yes. And what astounds
6: me is these
1: players are all coming
6: back. I mean, this is the same team that we're gonna see next year. But how important do you think that it is that there is a, a dominant leader in personality? Of course, we've seen Skylar Diggins, nobody better than that. What kind of job did Marina Mabry do as a leader of this team, transitioning from a different position completely?
3: I, th- I think her play... Really changed Notre Dame this season. You know, to have to take on those point guard roles, especially under a coach like Muffet McGraw, who was a point guard herself, who is known for developing point guards. I mean, you look at Neil Ivy, you look at Megan Duffy, who's now the head coach over at Miami of Ohio. She is known for developing those point guards. So that is a tough role. I'm telling you, you do not want to be a point guard that makes a mistake on Muffet McGraw's staff. She will light into you because she expects so much. So now Marina Mabry moves into that point guard position with a lot of that responsibility with her little jersey swag that she has. And there was another, you know, reading all post-Notre Dame stuff, and and um, and she said, you know, when we lost, you know, they almost lost that game yesterday, five-point lead, and they almost gave it away. And she said, I could have hung my head, but she said, no, I'm the point guard. They're looking to me. I said, we got this. Let's move on five more minutes. And that, I think, encompasses exactly what Marina Mabry has been to this team all season long. Um, I mean, and you can't count a girl like that out. I think you were calling a game just recently when she had just maybe gotten an elbow or something. She hit her head. Do you remember that? Oh, the And yes. said, you don't want to make her mad because watch out. And that's, I mean, that's how I feel about Marina even now is she didn't have a great game uh, points-wise yesterday. She did all the other things, but she didn't score a ton. Watch out. That girl shoots from deep, and, and I'm wondering if she's going to come alive tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you think about the, the point guards that played for Muffet, Lindsey Allen, most recently, who's number one all-time in assists in the ACC, and you mentioned Skylar Diggins. One thing that Muffet told told us was um, at the beginning of the transition for Marina because they lost Lily Thompson right as they were starting ACC play. So imagine you're getting ready to start conference play, And then you don't have a point guard. So that's a challenge in the timing, but also in in the transition itself. But Muffet said, I was exhausted. Like I was physically exhausted because I was playing point guard every game. Like I was having to call all the plays. If they, if the other team made a defensive substitution, Marina was like, okay, what do we do now? Um, And so she was the eyes on the court. And after the game, she's just like, oh my gosh, I just played 40 minutes of point guard. But as time went on, um, you know, Marina started calling plays. She was making her own observations. She talked to us about how she was watching more film and obviously working on her ball handling. And um, it's just incredible, you know, that she was able to change roles in that way and do what she did. That was my question for you. You won a national championship. What moment in the Final Four experience stood out most?
3: Oh, I mean, honestly... It would have to be. So in our situation, Ruth Riley, you all remember that name. Um, she was at the free throw line, and the game was tied with 6.8 seconds left to go. And uh, she hit two free throws. And uh, Purdue had one shot, you know, to tie that up or win it. And Katie Douglas gets the ball in her hands, and she's, you know, one of the best basketball players ever, you know, an incredible WNBA career. And um, and she misses the shot, you know. It goes front of the rim back the backboard and right off and we turned and it was like that buzzer the buzzer you know rang and we all turned and 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 this is actually one of my favorite things about this there's a shot there's a picture some incredible photographer got a picture of the four of the five of us all with our hands raised and katie douglas in the middle with her head down because she just missed the shot but what i love is that we were turned and running toward our bench and Ruth Riley had just had, she was the player of the year, 29 points, just hit those two free throws, right? To win the whole national championship. And we didn't go jump on her, even though she was a huge part of this. We went right back to our team and the rest of our bench and we celebrated with all of them because it took all of us, you know, it took the walk on that worked hard every day. It took those people that didn't see a second on the floor. It took the entire team. And I think that was my favorite memory. Is there anybody
1: in the room that was there? Was anyone at that national championship game that's here?
3: St. Louis, it St. Been. Louis. Were you at the yeah, Final Four in St. Old. Louis?
1: Oh, we got you, one in you the back. Raise your hand high yeah, if you were at go. the Final Four in St. Louis. Raise your hand, Tarika. Give these nice. people a gift. Give them a nice little giveaway because they were. Oh no, hold on, time out. Get <laughs> a late hand know. up. <laughs> now the hand starts flying late. up. Look at this. Uh huh. All right, we got a question. Yes.
6: You've been talking about uh, Tierra, but. Who's gonna what do you think Notre Dame's ability to handle Victoria Vivian's? She actually scored more and really is kind of a catalyst of the team.
1: Yeah. Okay, Bulldogs in the building. We see you, Mississippi State. Absolutely. Yes. Go ahead. Bulldogs. Go
0: Thank you. Well I've been amazed and impressed at Vivian's transformation this year. She's become a much more efficient player, and as a consequence, a much better player and I think it sets her up very nicely for the next level, but she's got one more game left before that next level comes and i i I think Notre Dame is going to have some problems on the perimeter she's not as physically as uh, uh, imposing as McCowan is, so it, it doesn't take on that life, but she can do a number of different things, gets into the lane with the dribble has, has developed that mid range game and the perimeter players for Notre Dame can't get any any foul trouble any more than the interior players can. And Vivians has the ability to draw fouls. I, I think that would be something to watch. If, if Vivians is aggressive and taking the ball into the lane, drawing contact, and maybe getting some early fouls on Notre Dame, that's going to be a big reason why the game would shift toward Mississippi State. If Vivians settles, like, the junior year version of Vivian's often did for jump shots she's I think she's giving Notre Dame's perimeter defenders a little bit of a break so that's something I would watch early what's her level of engagement on getting the ball into the lane and trying to take a 14 footer as opposed to a 20 footer
4: you
1: might be a basketball analyst as well as a bracketologist, Charlie. That was pretty good. Okay. Charlie Cream, ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> matter of fact, we actually have to say goodbye to both of our guests now. Charlie, Kelly. Thank you guys so much for joining us and for the work that you do. And um any parting words, Charlie? Th-
0: this was great. Good times. Well, China's podcast is outstanding. It's everybody should tune in if you're not already, around the rim. It's, fan- it's a fantastic listen, and it really captures the essence of our game. And the more people that get involved in the game and, and get involved in what LaChina is doing, it's going to just grow and get better and better. And if we can get a game tomorrow night like we had last night for those two, we're all winners, I think.
5: Yeah,
1: you won't be able to tell us anything, okay? We get a good game on tomorrow, and women's basketball fans will be living large all the way through WNBA. Thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you for those kind words, Charlie. Thank Enjoy, you. everyone. We have had a lot of special guests up here, but we have yet to have a WNBA champion. But we have one. That's getting ready to grace the stage. Please join me in welcoming Breon January.
7: My soul me. My love me. You.
1: Yes. We've got a WNBA champion and right, what? Right. Six-time... All-WNBA defensive team? Something like that. Woo! So you might be able to tell us a little something. You might be able to break down this Mississippi State defense. We'll talk uh, about that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um,
5: what brings you here? Tell us a little bit about what uh, what is doing exactly. now. Exactly. Well, this past offseason, I accepted a job at Arizona State. And so instead of going overseas during our offseason, I went to Arizona State and then one of their assistant coaches there. And we had a phenomenal season. I learned a ton you know worked a ton watched a ton of film had a great time and yeah now I'm here for the convention for the games and to be a part of all this isn't that cool when the players come back to give back to the game
1: right so we can watch Breon and her coaching journey and shout out to Charlie Turner Thorne, who right. if you guys know about Arizona State and you know about Charlie she's fantastic go Devils Oh, we don't. <laughs> any other devil? She doesn't have any friends? Nope. No friends. This is okay. Um, any Pac-12 love in, out here right. at all? Any Pac-12? Any Pac-12 out here? Come oh, on, we got no. a strong one in the back. Where oh. Yes. You know what? When your friends show up, that's how that works. Okay. But look it out, Tosh. <laughs> that, that's how that works. Uh, but I am curious because, you know, you've obviously participated in the NCAA tournament. You've won a WNBA championship. You know what is what the excitement is like on this level. What were you thinking as you were watching the games last night? What was going through your mind?
5: Well, I know all the teams that are here have had phenomenal seasons and you've kind of seen them, you know, their highs, their lows, the games they've struggled with and it's, It's awesome to see players, all the hard work they've put in pay off at the end of the season. And you've seen, especially the players from Notre Dame, grind all year and prepare for this moment. And they stayed consistent. They stayed together. And they fought through. And they put themselves in a position to be successful and have an opportunity to win. And that's what this is time is about you know if you have the opportunity to make it to the tournament you you're giving yourself an opportunity to win a championship and they're they're making the most of it so it's it's fun you know nobody's ever out of a game because they have phenomenal scores across the board you know all the the talent is crazy in this final four right now it's just great basketball and I love watching it Now you have won a WNBA
1: championship, but you've also lost in the finals a couple times. So (laughs) yes, a couple times. So but we so we know that margin for error is very small when it comes to championship level basketball. Mm -hmm. Were there any moments or any things that stood out to you about Notre Dame or Mississippi State in terms of how they were able to get
5: over the hump or what impressed you most? Um, I think, especially in the Mississippi game, is their maturity. They've been there. They've done that. And even though things might not have been going their way throughout the game, they stayed with it. They stayed true to their game. They stayed true to their, you know, their togetherness. They stayed in it, and they pulled it out. You know, they, you can tell they would bend to the Final Four before and had won just because they were more more mature down the stretch. And they were more composed and they, and they came through when crunch time was there. And so that really impressed me, especially when you have players like Vivians step up and be there. And then, I mean, we unfortunately had to play them this season. So I know how good they are and to see them be successful is awesome. And yeah. Now,
1: Notre Dame, you're a point guard. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you handle your teams very well. You're a leader. It's Mm -hmm. been great to watch you over the course of your career mature in that space and just be one of the best. But Notre Dame had to manufacture a point guard. Um, what are some of the challenges in handling the point guard position, um, you know, in a championship game? Like, where where do you need to be sharp and keen? And some of those skills you may not be able to grow overnight. But what's yeah. going to be important for Marina Mabry or Jackie Young if she has to step in and handle? What, what's going to be important there?
5: Well, just you're just leading your team and staying composed you I always tell my point guards you're the catalyst on both ends of the court you're the first thing your your team sees every time the ball's coming your way you know you're whether that's you bringing it up the court or somebody's bringing it to you and you're on defense so setting the tone and being a leader staying engaged you know having positive body language and you know being a leader in that regard but also just competing you know I that's one thing I love about Mabry is this, she's a competitor. She's going to get out there. She's going to fight, you know, she, she's just going to mix it up. She's not afraid to do anything. And she's playing with confidence and that confidence spreads throughout your team. And so, you know, there's a whole lot of X's and O's and about time and score and when to get people the ball. But, you know, I think when you set the tone with your confidence, your body language, and you're just playing hard, you're raising everybody else's level on your team.
1: And I mentioned um, Breon January's defensive prowess. Well, who knows the defensive great that she played alongside in right. Indiana? Raise your hand. You might get a gift. The Indiana Fever, best defensive player in the history in the of history the WNBA. The of basketball. No, right. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Who can guess? Where's Tarika? Tarika done took a
2: break. No, I'm always right here. What do we got? We got hands up. What I know. I look. She's I'm not, doing my. I'm doing my job. She's texting. Okay. Who do, what do we got? Who is we got it? One right here. Tamika Catching.
1: That's right. Yes. Tamika yes. Catching's the yes. one and only. And that brings me to the defensive side of the ball.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: You, the two of you together, was like a nightmare for people. Right? Like,
5: yes.
1: smothering, all out effort. When you watch college women's basketball, especially in a championship situation, because, hey, we just had a conversation that you got to hit big shots, right? That's what happened for Notre Dame. That's what Morgan Williams did last year. Like, you got to knock down shots. So where is the game in terms of the defensive abilities of teams? And is that the most important thing at this point?
5: I've had this conversation with multiple coaches. And, you know, a lot of them say, you know, during this time of the year, it's about making big shots. You know, it's about doing that. And, you know, when the season goes on and you become fatigued, it's about the ability to kind of sustain your offense and be able to flow and, you know, execute at a high level. However, it's it's always interesting to me when we get down to the tournament and teams, the games are on the line and they try to – Manufacture some pressure defense that they haven't played all season and then they ended up, end up giving up a bucket that they, is uncharacteristic because they're not used to doing that. And so when you have a team like Mississippi State who, you know, they hang their hat on their defense, they play hard, they play intense, they're pressuring the ball. I think that has an advantage. Everybody's tired coming down the stretch of, uh, they're, they're down to this time of the season. So if you have the ability to wear that team out even more with your defense, it gives you an edge, you know, and especially if you're used to playing at that pace with that pressure the entire game, it gives you an advantage, but I'm, a, I, of course, you know, I love defense. I'm the defensive coach for our team. And so, you know, I, I think it's very important, but I don't know. I, I love coach Schaefer. He, I had the opportunity to play for him when I was in college. We, uh, with athletes, athletes in action, we went overseas to Taiwan. And so I have a relationship with him and he has a great basketball mind. And so I I'm, I get down with his philosophy a lot. Well, what
1: you may not know about Breon's excellent defensive mechanisms and techniques is that she actually has a black belt in karate. Yes, you better clap it up. That's right. So how does that help you on defense?
5: Um, my dad says I owe all of my <laughs> basketball abilities to him and the training of ma- through martial arts. But... At first I didn't believe him, but then as I've kind of gone through and matured, you there, you see a lot of carryover, you know, especially as a point guard. It's helped me a ton just in my mental capacity. You know, games are going up and down, and my my ability to be able to refocus during a break or just kind of calm and re- lower my level and just be able to focus in at that moment does has a lot to do with my martial arts training and what we do there. And, you know, when you take a hit, being able to deflect the contact and stay on balance and when you hit the ground not to absorb the hit but go with it and pop back up like all of those things have really saved my body over the years yeah i've seen you do some somersaults exactly i mean i've seen
1: this one just go flying and then just do a somersault pop back up like okay what's next i'm like that's the martial arts kicking in right there how you bounce back um let's take a question
2: for brian from the crowd yes hands hi i'm cindy from cleveland how are you I'm doing well. Good. I have a lot of questions for you. Come but, on. But we'll start with this. Um, as the communicator on your team, you're bringing the ball down the court. Um, I see you guys giving hand signals like, you need to be over there, or I see you calling out plays and stuff. Can you tell me when you get into those environments that are so loud that they can't hear you, what, uh, what tools you're using? So that's my first question for you. And then also, when you guys gather in those little huddles out there, are you also communicating plays or what's going on in
5: there? Oh yeah, for sure. You yeah, know what's going on in that exactly. puddle? You know you have to you have to optimize your moments when you can grab your team just to make sure everybody's on the same page, we're operating, we know what we're looking for. So those touch points throughout the t- throughout the game are huge. Whether that's an out-of-bounds, like the ball goes out-of-bounds and it's going far, I'm going to grab my team and be like, hey, hey, let's get on this. Hey, watch for this play. Oh, they're running this. You know, on both ends of the court, you have the ability to communicate with your team. And like you said, those hand signals are crucial, especially when you're playing in front of a ton of fans like you are here at the Final Four. There's a ton of noise. Everybody's yelling. This is this is what they can see. Whether that's you know here, we're getting creative. You get creative because you have a ton of plays. But that allows you to communicate with your team without yelling because you'll just end up losing your voice and getting drowned out by everybody else up in the crowd. I have one more question. I'm sorry, I'm hogging the microphone.
1: Okay, you're, you, you you're
2: hogging the microphone
5: I'm at this
1: sorry. point, but that's okay. <laughs> you're okay.
2: yeah, fine. Can I hear your best Lynn Dunn impersonation? Oh, gosh. Oh, hey,
5: my. Man. Lynn Dunn. Oh, boy. The legend, the one um, and only. What do you got, Breon? Yeah, oh, gosh. I don't have a lot I can say on this stage. <laughs> no. Right. Um, well, she just... Oh, goodness. Let's see. Um, what would she always say to me? Well. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: that she could actually say, because there are some yeah. Lynn Dunn-isms. exactly. That, um... PG yeah. 13 she just
5: be like brand get here get here <laughs> she's just so country i love her and she i mean i owe my you know my career with in the WNBA to her because she is just so hard on her point guards but she she forced me to raise my level and she's just an amazing woman so
1: and just so you know that accent her name is brianne but Lynn never figured no, that out. No. It was Breanne. Breanne. Well, you know Breanne's got to play. Yeah, that was that was her go-to. But we love Lynn Dunn, and shout out to her. Sure. A hand for Brian January. Thank you so much for joining us. And I think we're ready for our last guest. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I think we're ready for our last guest, right? We we are.
2: We are, and she's a very special special guest too.
1: So, ladies and gentlemen. um the young woman that i'm going to bring to the stage is has one of the most courageous stories i've ever heard. She was actually just awarded with the USBWA Pat Summit Courage Award for 2018 and i want you to hear her story. Please join me in welcoming Avery Mars to the stage. Welcome Avery. Yeah, sure. Yes. Get close. Welcome. Did I say your last name correctly? Mars. Okay, Mars. Oh, good. If I didn't, it was going to be Tariqa's fault. I just wanted to make sure if I needed to blame her.
2: For the Um, record, it's always my fault when things go bad, guys.
1: (laughs) Of course it is. And when I don't have enough time to talk, it's her fault. And when things, you know, don't get lined up, it's always her fault. Welcome. Thank you for having me. We're so inspired by your story. We are um, excited for you to receive this award. Pat Summit, as we all know, is someone who... Um, she was courage, not only in her fight late in her life with onset dementia, but she was courageous in her fight to grow women's basketball. So tremendous honor, but I want our fans to know your story. Take us back to 2014 and tell us a little bit about this journey that you've been on.
8: So, um, August 23rd, 2014, I was in my college dorm room when I suffered a stroke uh, I had no idea what was going on. You know, my left side gave out a little bit at my knee. And I told my mom what's going on, you know, in my room with my roommate at the time. And I sat on my bed just to, like, calm myself down. And at that point, it was like a gust of wind came from my right side and knocked me completely off my bed. Um, and at this point, I was on the floor, and I realized that I couldn't get my left leg to move. I couldn't get it out of my right leg. And um, I looked at my mom, and at that point, my whole left side of my face had dropped. So she said to me, Ava, I think you're having a stroke. Um, and her immediate reaction really saved my life because immediately called 911, rushed to the hospital, um, and I was in rehab for about three years um, until I was able to come back and play. So
1: Now this is you're 17 years old. she 's getting ready to start her career at St. Joe's, right? and had not just moving in excited about what was next in basketball, and she has a stroke. And tell us what the doctors were telling you about your future in basketball.
8: I had a a lot of mixed, um, I guess, mixed reviews or things that people would say to me. You know, doctors didn't want to give me false hope, but they also didn't want to tell me that something wasn't going to happen or that you weren't going to be able to do that. Um, I did have one doctor that told me that I wasn't going to play again. And uh, looking back on that now, I say it was tough love. You know, he really motivated me by saying that because someone finally said, this isn't going to happen for you. And that really motivated me to want to get back onto the court. Um, but, yeah, doctors were just surprised. You know, I was in great health, um, 17 years old. So, really, they were just like, we're going to see what we can do for you. You know, you're young. Your body's still um, – your brain cells are still developing. You know, your body's young. You'll be fine. We're going to figure this out for you. And uh, I was able to have really good help on the doctor side of things. So, I can't imagine what
1: this journey has been like. And we'll,
8: we'll talk about the
1: fact that she did grace the court again this year in a moment. But what were those early months like? What could you do physically? What could you not do? And when was like a breakthrough moment when you realized that you may someday re- return to the court again?
8: Yeah, in the beginning stages, for about the first year, I really was just working on uh, stim machines trying to activate the left side of my body. So what was the problem was the right side is where I had the blood clot. And the connection was broken, so I would tell my left side to move, and it just wasn't moving. Um, So for a lot of the time, I was using STEM machines, you know, just trying to wake it up kind of thing is what they say. Um, That was really for the first year. And then I was able to go back to school and get back into classes, you know, be a part of my team again. And that was really exciting for me mentally because I had just been in rehab and been in hospitals back and forth. Um, And I would say probably two and a half years into it, I really noticed that... You know, I'm able to do certain movements. I'm able to feel athletic again. You know, sweat with my team, do different lifts and stuff like that. And that's really when I had the um, the hope that I could play again. So,
1: so you went from not being able to move one side of your body.
8: Yeah, head to toe. Yep. Head
1: to toe. Yeah. What was the moment like this year when you went to sub into the game
8: and play basketball again for yeah. the first time? Yeah, uh, really nerve-wracking, honestly. Um, I was obviously very excited. You know, it was a big moment for me. And my mom was there. My family was there. Um, but I tried to keep it cool, you know, act like it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, and just subbing in and being there with my team was the best feeling in the world. And then eventually scoring my first college basket. Anyone can tell you your first collegiate basket is huge. Uh, but for me, it was obviously a very different situation. So I was just happy to be out there and blessed with my team. So, From 17 years
1: old with a stroke, to getting back on the basketball court this year, please give her a hand just for that. We're going. We're going to keep talking, but I'm just—I am truly amazed by your story. You. I, I didn't even know, you know. I always associate strokes, and this is my own ignorance, but with you know older people, you know, yeah, I don't right. even—I didn't even realize that realize 17-year-old could have a stroke. Um, but going back to this award, Lauren Hill, who you guys may remember, was a young woman who inspired women's basketball beyond belief during her her battle with pediatric brain cancer, uh, which she eventually succumbed to, succumbed to. And um, she did raise $2 million, though, um, before her death. And I, I remember her going through, you know, her treatments, and I'm just thinking, they're saying, we don't know how long she's going to live, but she wanted to play. She wanted to play basketball to her very end, right? Wanted to stay with her team. Yep. Her parents were a part of this award recognition for you. Yes, they Tell were. Tell us a little bit about that.
8: Yeah, so Lauren's story is really important to me because it gave me a lot of motivation. Um, one day after rehab, I had come home having a bad day. You know, didn't want to do my little exercises that the doctor told me to do. And I turned on ESPN, and there was Lauren Hill, her story. You know, Pat Summitt was giving her the award, uh, I think, previous to her, before her game started. Um, And I just told myself, you know, if I can find half the courage that Lauren has, I'm going to give myself a chance to get back on the court. And something that Lauren didn't have was time. And that was something I did, and it's something we all are blessed with. So I just put it in just perspective for me. You know, if she she could be so strong and so courageous in those moments, if I could find half that courage, then I'd be fine. So We
1: we talk about... Just how we inspire in our game in women's basketball with what we do on the court. But it's these stories that are so memorable to us. And keeping Pat Summit's legacy alive, who would, none of us would be here uh, in women's basketball without her, with young women like Avery. So what's next? Are you... What's next? I'm playing. I, ha- still- I have two more years of
8: eligibility. So All they, right, they, they can't get rid of me yet. So
1: St. Joe's. If you're not a fan yet, you you be getting ready to become one. I'll support the right? Hawks.
8: Yeah, in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. So you got two more years left. That's, That's awesome. But right. what do you want to do after basketball? Sports broadcasting, ideally. So I mean, first Stewie takes my job. Now you right want here, a job? Yeah. Everyone's gonna. <laughs> so I'm. I'm excited about all of the young people. That makes me happy because I'm getting old. So <laughs> y'all never know when this might be over for me. Um, but that'll be so fun to watch your journey. Questions for Avery from the crowd. Anyone? Yes. Here.
2: All right.
7: Hi. I was just wondering. Um, you know when you hear about student athletes getting injured a lot of times it's things like you know ACLs and on court or kind of sport related injuries so how do you feel I guess your experience is kind of different perhaps I mean when you know someone tears an ACL let's say people understand what that's like there's kind of a community around them so I mean do you feel it's different for people who have experiences like yours or for instance I mean I'm michigan alum um and so on our men's basketball team we have a player who survived two plane crashes you know i mean people don't really understand what those experiences are like in the same way and so i mean can you just speak to finding that community and that support system that maybe is easier for people with you know sport related injuries than what you dealt with
8: yeah i think regardless of your uh, injury mentally it's the hardest part you know physically you're getting through your injury you're doing the rehab you're doing everything you can but mentally that struggle is something that people don't hone in on you know they don't how are you feeling today or maybe you should talk to someone which I think is really important for all injuries uh, just to have someone to go to and a lot of us are blessed with uh, therapists on campus and things like that because injuries are you know what I mean this is what you want to do you want to play basketball you want to be on the court and when you're not you find this loss of identity you're like what do, what do I do with my life Um, So I think mentally, it's definitely just something that's equal across the whole entire thing. Um, But with that, with my situation, there wasn't a timeline, you know. So ACL, it's like, all right, in a year, you know, we're going to get you back on the court. For me, it was very unknown, and that's something that my coaches were great about because they honestly thought I'd never play again, you know. So they're like, you're still on the team. Be a part of everything. But they didn't know. So I think with my situation, it was like the timeline that was kind of weird just because you never knew if I was going to come back or not, so –
1: incredible incredible courage ladies and gentlemen Avery Mars thank you so awesome thank you so much
5: very nice speech. congratulations
2: yes. thank you. Um Tarika uh, the China is that it remember earlier when i said i had bad news i got bad news again the show is pretty much over almost no. almost yeah before we go before we go
1: Come up here, Tarika. Well, I got... This. Come up here, Tarika. That's right. Get on up here on stage. This is why. First of all, this, off, is, this I is. was Facebook-living you. Well, hey, Facebook Live. Come on up on stage. See how she and For those of me? you that don't know, didn't hear yesterday, Tarika's not just our producer. She's our everything. She books our guests. She's She gets mad at me all the time, you know, once or twice a week when I'm annoying her, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but... We're excited about what Around the Rim can do for the energy of women's basketball. We thank you all for being a part of it. Here's the information here where you can find us. If you want to reach us on social media, hashtag Around the Rim. We want to say a few thank yous, obviously, to ESPNW. Um, Sarita Cobb, where you at, Sarita? Sarita keeps us going here. Everyone give Sarita a hand. She helped make this possible. Um, Steven, who helped us book all our guests? Steve, where you at? There you go. Riley Foreman, who is not here, but she puts in a lot of work for research for women's basketball at every level. So shout out to Riley. Um, Selena, who did our graphics. I thought I saw her earlier. She's not in here, but thank you, Selena, for doing our graphics for this. Uh, Melanie Jackson, who works
2: the uh, college in WNBA women's basketball. Uh, Kelly Love. Uh, Pete. Say Pete's. Last name. So Pete Genesini is the um, one of the executives in ESPN Radio. And as you guys know, um, all you who ask questions, it's because you're going to be live on our podcast. So we have hey. to thank Pete for allowing us to have an awesome podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then Laura. And I hope I don't say it's Gentilly. I hope I say it's Serena. Did I say that right? Okay. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Laura Gentilly is a rock star. Um, she is in charge of all of Women's Initiatives. Uh, especially ESPNW but she's one of the highest ranking women at ESPN and uh, I remember sitting in her office and telling her about this idea for women's basketball and she bought into it and it we haven't been our lives have not been the same since and we're just so grateful for all the fans for you guys that download that talk about the podcast and um who else what did we forget
2: anybody um gosh I feel like it's so many people but everybody yeah just if you tweeted around the rim if you've hashtagged around the rim if you've liked it if you've shared it with your friends just thank you like yeah. we really appreciate yes. it all right well that's it thank you guys so
1: much for joining us we appreciate the audience all the questions and enjoy your final four experience